Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. SoupX, the Startup Expo, North America's premier startup conference, is March 6th and 7th, 2017, in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Affordably priced, SoupX is a two-day international conference featuring workshops, panels, speeches, a $50,000 startup competition, and over 100 exhibitors. For more information, go to sup-x.org. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Ben Terrasoli. He's the founder and CEO at Propella Electric Bikes. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you're doing is, is really cool and innovative. And, you know, I think I, I love having people on the show that are actually doing this kind of stuff and especially building kind of a physical product. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be on your show. Yeah. So maybe let's start off with kind of getting to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. I was born in Tehran, Iran, actually. Okay. I moved to the United States around age of 14. Although I should mention I was, it wasn't my first time coming to the U.S. Uh, my dad is a doctor uh, and he was always affiliated with you know, research at different hospitals and um, coming to you, visiting U.S. was really a routine. Okay. And it was really around 2002 that um, uh, we decided to finally move to the, the U.S., and it was uh, when I started high school, high school here in Bellevue, Washington. Okay. And ever since I've been here, so I guess I sort of grew up in in the U.S. for the most part, uh, but before that, I was overseas. Sure. No, that that's great. Yeah, and really, it was sort of starting fresh, starting something completely new at around age of 14. And I had a lot of goals, a lot of ambition on uh, what to do with my life when I came to the U.S. I was very excited. And uh, after finishing high school, I attended University of Washington. Okay. What did you take there? I studied civil and environmental engineering. Okay. And what made you want to take engineering? Engineering was always um, something in me. I was really born with it. And I always knew from a very young age that something technical uh, in the area of engineering was uh, really the way to go for me. Um, I was had a pretty mixed interest in uh, different engineering disciplines. Um, I was, you know, debating between mechanical engineering and civil or aeronautics, and decided to go with civil engineering and and focus on structural engineering. Okay. And and to be honest, uh, a lot of you know close friends from childhood and family members were actually a little bit shocked that I did that. They always thought I was more of this you know mechanical engineer guy, and that I guess kind of explains how I'm working on this electric bike and product. Mechanical engineering would logically make more sense, and I did in fact get into mechanical engineering and civil engineering, but I was you know um, interested by uh, the focus of structural engineering you know, within civil engineering and how it was very well defined 
and uh, and it was a good mixture of engineering and I should mention arts. Sure. And one thing I didn't mention, um, I mean, I can go um, in a long conversation about my other interests and how it led to Propella. But sure. as a side note, I mean, engineering wasn't the only thing I was interested in, obviously. I had a great passion for you know design and art and music as a very young age. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and... Um, to me, um, working with buildings, you know, civil engineering and buildings was a mixture of art and science. Um, you know, and my interest in architecture and uh, engineering could kind of blend into that. That was really one reason I went into civil engineering. And then there's other reasons. Uh, uh, you know, uh, when you're in a big university, you kind of have to make decisions really fast. And there's not a whole lot of time to uh, go back and forth. Right. So I finish that and. And that was around 2011 when I graduated. And uh, as you can tell, not the best time economically. Sure. And so that, that I got my bachelor's in civil engineering and applied to jobs uh, around the you know, Seattle area. Uh, it was not easy to find a position that I studied for. Okay. What, what happened was I encountered this job at a tunnel project in Seattle. It's called the uh, Bertha Tunnel. It's okay. one of the largest tunnels in, in the country or the world, I believe. And it was, to be honest, not exactly what I studied for. But I, go, I went ahead and took the job because the economy was not so great and ended up working there as a, a – my position was you know, a, a sort of a technician slash engineer – and we had to go out and install instruments and measure things. And, and I did that for a while, for about one year, and really decided that it was not what I wanted to do in the long term. So I was, that's when I kind of started having uh, thoughts about starting something that I'm passionate about, starting my own business, and really going into something that I can be myself and put in my creativity and all my interests into and that's uh, is sort of how Propella got started. Okay, so what made you decide to start um, an electric bike company? Electric bike was really a perfect a platform for me to um, apply my interests in. Okay. I feel like. And it wasn't, when I first heard about it and it wasn't something that was completely new because you know at the end of the day when you look at the big picture it's a bike with electric system on it it's not like this whole new invention it, it, it makes sense you know, a battery and a motor is something that's been out there and so I didn't get that feeling where this is something I've never seen before but the feeling that I had was more entrepreneurial and it's something that I felt like I want to be part of I okay. want to be part of the game and it was Around the same time, around the same time, you know, just after graduating from college, uh, you know, during the recessions, uh, that I kind of encountered these YouTube videos about electric bikes and electric bike review products. And it, I kind of felt that it was an emerging industry. And as I mentioned, having an interest in, you know, engineering, mechanical, electrical, and all of that, plus, I should mention, I was always into bikes. As a kid, I was not, you know, a hardcore cyclist, a pro cyclist, but always 
had many bikes, mountain bikes, road bikes as a kid, playing around the house, neighborhood. So being passionate about bikes, engineering, that was really the best uh, blend of things for me. I could really never um, stop learning about it. I kept researching it, Googling things. Uh, and that's when I found out that I had this natural <laughs> desire to find out more, study the motor, study the batteries. Um, and again, uh, it goes a lot back to my history and interest. Um, I didn't mention that, you know, as a kid, I was always playing around with my toys and breaking them and building new things out of them. So I just naturally had this pretty good above average knowledge of electrical engineering. Okay. A lot of people ask me how they said, you know, how do you, you didn't study electrical engineering and how do you know about voltage and amp power and, and how does this come so naturally to you? I, to answer that question, it was really because of my curiosity as a child um, and my interest in science in general. Uh, you know, I was always playing around with transformers and motors and uh, things like that. So it just clicked. You know, when I That's learned awesome. about electric bikes, it just clicked and it was so natural. You know, people always say, follow your passion. It's very true, but it's, there's more to it. It was more like there's this platform that I that's new, but I already know so much about it. Like I didn't have to research so much about how the motor works. I already knew that. It was more about how the market works, how this business side works. So that's what got me interested in it. And I should mention that I, to be honest, did not have a whole lot of uh, intention about starting my own business. Okay. I was not afraid of it or not trying to stay away from it, but it was not my priority. It was not my priority to study business or get an MBA. Uh, I was more focused on sciences and the product and the physical side of uh, the product. Um, so I was interested in the market um, when I discovered about it. And and again, it, it was sort of this transition period in my life, you know, just graduating after college, um, trying to, you know, find out exactly what you want to do, who you are, who you want to be. And uh, it was, I think it happened at a very interesting time that it just, uh, I felt really connected with electric bikes. And that's when I started to actually build my own uh, electric bike. Okay, so you, were you still working then um, full-time while you started building your own bike? Yes. Okay. And, and this was actually during that um, job that I mentioned for the tunnel project in Seattle. Right. I believe it was around 2012. I had a full-time job, and at the end of the job, I was looking forward to come back uh, home or go to my parents' garage to see the progress on my electric bike. It was literally buying an electric bike kit from other sources, a few from China, a few from here, and installing it on my own bike. That was really Interesting. The, the first, even before a prototype, and it was before thinking about starting a business. And I always had in the back of my mind, you know, reading books, and I had this entrepreneurial side, I was learning more about it, but it was so fresh to the whole world of entrepreneurship that, that I feel like it was a good thing to be so focused on product and the the main picture rather than making money out of this. So I was just in my own world and figuring out electric bikes. Like, what is this? How does this motor work? I, I've never felt a, an acceleration on a bike before. And I wanted to try it. And 
And I should mention, I did go to a store in Seattle to to actually get a feel of what an electric bike is. And I guess that was the spark. Okay. I went there, tried one of these electric bikes that was already out there. I mean, we all know Propella is not the first electric bike. Sure. But, but I had a lot of thoughts in my head. So I went there and I tried it. And again, during the same time period, you know, but 2011, 12. And I tried, I, I just felt... Uh, just had this, you know, aha moment that, you know, just an acceleration on a bike, it was sort of like a Tesla of bikes. And I just started getting all these ideas of how this amazing this thing is. It helps you on hills. Uh, you can have all these technology in it, like a battery. And, and I just tried it and I just went back to my parents' garage and started building this electric kit on my uh, road bike. And that's, and that's, that's just the first one started yeah and that's when i officially had an electric bike for myself testing it around and things like that sure so for people that don't understand kind of what an electric bike gives you compared to you know just like a regular bike do you want to maybe just kind of cover that quickly sure absolutely a point of an electric bike is to assess you help you on hills or long commutes okay because uh, biking we all know is especially when it's used for commuting, it's not the easiest sure. path. It can be hard. Biking can be hard, especially when you hit hills. You And when you look at, look at it from a physics point of view, when, you, when you're climbing hills, you're burning a lot more calories, like exponentially more, because of the, simply because of you know gravity pulling you back. So like, that's really, really where, where the need comes from. It's purely to help you on hills. And... With electric bikes, you have a lot of options on how to use it and when to use it. You can use the electric assist uh, with pedaling or without pedaling. Okay. But that's really uh, the main point of it. It's an electric assist motor installed on a bicycle. Got you. Okay. No, that makes total sense. So you you built you turned your road bike into an electric bike. You were mm -hmm. you were playing around with it for a while. Right. Then what happened? You were like this i could build a better one like walk me through kind of the next step what happened sure yeah and that's where things got a little interesting for me because i didn't exactly have the intention of um building my bike uh, to sell to sell it commercially but i just wanted to experiment and the electric bike kit you know the components the motor that i purchased uh were so bad <laughs> were so okay. quality that it did not meet my standards at all from purely from a technical point of view, and let's not even talk about how the design and the way it looks, and all, even just from sure engineering point of view, it was breaking down. And I even paid a lot of, you know, I paid over a thousand dollars for um, just the kit. Okay, and wow. I'm not mentioning any names, what the brand is or anything. Sure. But it was breaking down. It was so heavy. It added 20 pounds, 15 wow. to 20 pounds to my bike, and uh, it was great being able to pedal and go fast and climb hills. And that part of it I liked, the concept of an electric bike. And I saw a lot of potential in it. However, I, there was a lot of things that I didn't like about it. And I just uh, felt like why should a customer or a person like me sacrifice in so many things in order to gain one thing? That's not really you know value proposition. That's, there's something wrong there. Um, so still focusing on the technical side and the engineering side, Really, it was the weight, the extra weight, and the complexity. 
Okay. Uh, that bothered me. It almost made me, I don't want to say quit, but just forget about electric bikes. You know? Really? That, wow. That, I, I love that though, right? Like that anger. Yeah. It sort of made things interesting. And totally. that I had to call their customer service and they weren't able to do anything. And I remember it was complicated. It was actually high tech. I should mention the electric bike kit that I had was pretty high tech and it was able to connect your phone. But as you can imagine, sometimes it didn't connect, sometimes sure. it did. <laughs> All these malfunctions. Um, and that's when I um, decided to not just purchase one, purchase a bike, electric bike or an electric bike kit, but to create one. Okay. To something that met my standards or at least some of my standards and you know being a, being an engineer and being involved with the world of engineering I knew that it was more than just sketching things on paper and just dreaming about it I knew it would take money it would take steps so obviously even up until today I'll be honest I, I still have this desire to create the best electric bike out there and a lot of work to do but at least I could get closer to what sure. I wanted that's great and like I mentioned, it was one was lightweight, the other was uh, simplicity, something that made my standards. And I should kind of change gears a lot of it to, my, to the other side of my, I should say, personality. Okay. And bring a few extra elements to the story, and that is, you know, like I mentioned, my interest in music, uh, and design, and uh, arts. Um, I was always. You know, having had this blend of interest as a kid, as I mentioned, and you know, having a, for example, one of the, uh, I have a lot of respect and uh, interest in Apple products. Sure. And, and products out there that are not just engineering, but a whole package experience. Right. I value things like you know Dyson products and sure. and and Tesla. It may sound a little cliche. I mean, they are great. Uh, products out there everybody knows about it but there's a reason why they're great because totally. of their whole package experience yeah and I, you know one of those customers that buys an apple product and appreciates it every moment you know, i look at the details i you know i for example i've never had an iphone case okay. i always have my iphone without any case and people ask me you're you're crazy you need to have a case to protect it and i tell them you know they spend a lot of hours of money designing all these little details and not, not only your phone is engineered to, uh, you know, take impact when you <clears throat> drop it on a floor or anything, but it's it's the little details I design and it just fits your hand perfectly, and you should appreciate that. <laughs> sure. So, no, I get but, that. Yep. Yeah. Well, of course, that comes with a sacrifice. Yes, you could drop your phone and break it, but uh, really having the eye for uh, detail and having high standards and design. I also wanted to bring that in to my electric bike. So not only a good performing bike, a lightweight, simple, but also aesthetically pleasing. Sure. Because I like to be fair, um, at least the electric bikes that I've seen, they're kind of ugly for lack of a better term, really. Yeah. Right. Like exactly. Yeah. So I, I get that. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and that's the other element, actually. That's why I wanted to change gears, because aesthetics um, was always in my mind. You know, sure. Creating any products and like I mentioned I'm a musician I've always uh, you know been producing and mixing and my tracks and electronic music playing around with piano sure 
I've never had a career in music, but I've always had my hands on musical instruments, listening to music all the time. So art is always in my head. <laughs> so sure. I guess we can say that, you know, the right, right brain, left brain thing that people talk about, always mixing the two. So That's that great. was my priority to create this full package. Of, and not, not to mention, not just a product, but a brand. Sure. And I remember I was spending uh, days finding the right name for Propella. Okay. And so, you know, it just, it just clicked when I had So Propella. how did you come up with it then? That's a very common question. And sure. It's, to be honest, I, there was no methodology, no procedure that I followed. I, I do remember this period that uh, I was searching and just writing things down. And one thing I remember was um, when Propella came, it just clicked. It, okay. It, it makes sense logically. Do you remember exactly the moment that it came to you or, or not really? I don't. Really? I do have Interesting. It on paper and it's funny when you look at my paper, there's all these names, and then the last one is Propella, and then there's an the exclamation mark. And really? <laughs> That's great, man. I love those stories, though, right? It's just the last one, and it's just boom. There's sure. a cloud next to it. Um, it did come from a little bit of logic, you know, a propeller sure. or something that propels you. I believe that's how it came to me. And I did appreciate the fact that it was very uh, uh, rare in Google. I sure. Mean, you find, you know, what's your first step when you have a name? You kind of want to do a Google search. Totally. Of course, it's a lot more involved. <laughs> right now, we have a trademark on it and everything. But it was. I was glad that it wasn't a whole lot of things called Propella out there. And it was this unique name that made sense for our bike. And I was really excited to move forward with it. And it also kind of um explain what the brand is about you know it, it does have a logical side propelling you sure but it also have this illogical side where it's just that a at the end just kind of gives it that artistic touch that poetic one that's kind of pleasing to say you know propeller so totally yeah it's interesting now that you like explain the whole vision and kind of story behind it like I love the design of the bike and I love kind of the, the black and then the bright colors. And I, and then you're right. Like it totally, the name fits kind of your personality where you're kind of obviously like the engineering kind of side and then the creative side. And even you can tell there's like a music influence in the design, you know, if, if, if that's a thing. Right. But like, to me, at least I can, I, like I've kind of been a musician my, my life, my whole life too. So I get, I get the inspiration there, right? Like from all those angles. And I love how you basically put everything that you're passionate about into a physical product. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really happy that you, you like the design and it, it clicks. Because uh, when I hear that from customers or product reviewers or uh, interviews like yourself, uh, uh, really, um, it's really rewarding. Feeling. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's like you're communicating indirectly, and it just works. It clicks. Uh, and and early on, when I was deciding on the branding, personality, the identity, and things like that, I knew it was a risk. I knew it was all in my head. Sure. But you have this wall in between you, and that wall is you know the product that you're creating, the brand, and then your audience. Uh, so a few months later, or right after the campaign, or I should say right now. Um, when I hear that, it's really warning. I get this feeling that it's working. Totally. You know, it's, it's still a lot of work to do, but it's it's connect, there's a connection there. I, I think there's not that many products that 
you can just look at and know the brand right away, right? Like obviously right. Apple does that and you know, there's cars and stuff that do that. But like if you take all the products in the spectrum, there's not that many that if you just look at it right away, you're like, that's that brand for sure. I know that, right? And I think right. you captured. It's great to hear that. And that is one of my uh, priorities, you know, sure. with Propella. That's great. Obviously, the product is important, but the brand, to give the brand a very solid identity. Sure. And, and that way it just drives the direction. Which of is extremely company. hard to do these days. Very hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very like, difficult. It's almost like having, you know, having a child and, and you have to... Um, dictate what his or her personality should be but do you want to do that you know there's also the society which is the environment or i should say the customer so it's a blend of the external world and the internal world uh, but you as a parent as a father or mother you know you you have some hopes sure. you really want to have things to go in a certain direction but it's very hard like you said it's back and forth process you have to test the market come back reiterate and i i'll, I'll mention it's i have very um, certain uh, bullet points on what I want to accomplish with Propella, sure. but still working on it. There's still a, a research on what we want to be. Some things are still blurry. You're still discovering yourself. And I think it's, uh, it's great to be transparent. It's great to I say, love that, yeah. I'm still growing. I'm still figuring out who I am. And just like myself in, in my, you know, in my mid twenties, sure. still exploring things out there. And right now I'm, happy to have a platform this brand to be able to put in my personality and of course my team and also a, a blend of customers personality so it's, it's, it's a platform that's just starting and growing and very excited about it sure no so i'm curious then you you obviously we kind of covered you bought a bunch of parts you put together a bike you ordered some more parts mm -hmm. and then at, walk me through kind of the first prototype of, of a propella sure yeah I was um, in the bike world uh, I'm a very big fan of uh, a type of bicycle called a fixie okay a lot of people are already familiar with it or some are not a fixie uh, is literally has fixed gear like you know the sure. crank is fixed with the rear wheel gear so as you turn the pedal, the rear wheel spins with the same, not the same rotation, but it's, there's no freewheel. It's so simple. The idea comes from simplicity. Um, that's the type of bike that's been around for a while, and it really is very lightweight and the most minimal bike you can get out there. And it doesn't even have brakes. It's really? so minimal wow. that the way you brake is literally you pedal backwards. Because it's fixed, you don't have the freewheel to spin. You're able to slow down or literally lock the wheel with your legs. Now, of course, a fixie is an extreme version. You know, it's too extreme on simplicity. A, a little bit more mellow version of that is a single speed bike. Okay. So you have the front gear and the rear wheel. You don't have gears in the back to change. And I was just fascinated by single speed bikes. I've had a, a purchased a few from uh, different brands out there, and and I decided to. So I love the simplicity of it, it's lightweight, and the way it also, it, at least to me, simplicity brings beauty. You know, maybe 
that's not true for other people. But when I see a single speed bike, it's not trying so hard to be beautiful, but it is. It's just so simple. Sure. Uh, it's two wheels, and especially when you, you know mix them with these deep dish rims and colorful rims and a matte black frame, and you can get a pretty beautiful bike. Totally. And so I decided to create the electric version of that, actually. Okay, interesting. That's when the marketing comes in. So I knew that I wanted to have my own electric bike, uh, and I, I was pretty, I had a pretty good vision on what the technical side is, and that wasn't the hard part, actually. You know, I, I knew I wanted a small motor and a small battery to make it minimal and sure. lightweight. But on the marketing side and the way it looks and the audience and, who, and things get a little complicated there. So I decided to focus on a fixie style or a single speed electric bike. And that sort of clicked too because I thought, wait a minute, a single speed bike has you know one disadvantage. It's single speed. It doesn't have gears. So you may have trouble climbing hills. Sure. Uh, uh, but there's still a lot of riders, even in San Francisco, with these extreme hills. Totally. These are the true diehard fixie fans and single speed fans. They are willing to sacrifice <laughs> these <laughs> hills because of the simplicity of their bike. You know, it's very reliable. Sure. It doesn't break down a lightweight. I thought, you know, having this minimal electric assist on a single speed bike is kind of interesting, at least to me personally. So I. Um, that's when I had this uh, philosophy, you know, the minimalism. That's where minimalism came in and wanted to create this minimalist electric bike. And this, so when you have, you know, again, having a passion for brands, successful brands, and what comes to your mind is philosophy. Sure. You have to have a philosophy and you have to say no to a few things. You have to have rules. At least that's what I was learning from all these books and my interests and just observing great brands. So I decided to put a philosophy on top of the page, and that is minimalism. So in order to work on any part of the design, or I should say any part of the business, I had to somehow go back to the philosophy and ask, is this the right thing to do or not? You know? Interesting. So, so when it comes to, you could you know, have different departments. In the sure. Department of aesthetics or uh, industrial design and the way bike looks. So we can't just uh, throw in a few things and call it an electric bike. So with the minimalism approach, I had to look for a very minimal electric bike kit, a very minimal motor, battery, and uh, computer system, a controller. By the way, when it comes to electric bikes, it's really it comes down to three components. It's pretty simple okay. when you look at the big picture. is the motor, obviously, sure. something that you know, propels you, the battery, where it recharge and stores the energy sure. and controller. The controller is the third component that's not talked about a lot, but it's really the electronics, the computer that regulate the voltage and measure things. Because it's not as simple as you know just a motor and a battery. It has to be some. So that's really what it comes down to. So I had to look for these components from different suppliers that were not standard, actually. Okay. And that's what is that um, every supplier I search with, you know, someone... Uh, Alibaba, some on local, and they all had these gigantic motors and batteries that was well established in the market. And it's funny, uh, the the battery that I wanted was so minimal and small that made them think that I was looking for this weird electric bike, and they they laughed at it. They said all these customers are asking for more power and more 
battery capacity and you're asking for less. And that's why I had a hard time <laughs> finding what I wanted to get for my bike. And eventually I had to custom order one. So okay. I, I had to uh, put in my more money, finally get it from overseas. And finally, there it is. In the package, there's this small um, battery and a small motor that I was waiting for for months. Sure. And I have to be so specific with, even though it was the first prototype, I was very picky with how, the color. I wanted it to be matte black. Sure. I gave my supplier a lot of headache. Did you they, go over there and meet them, or, or you just did this all kind of remote? All kind of remote. Okay, all, interesting. Yeah. And, you know, with my tough schedule, it was tough. It would have been easy, I'll be honest, to go there and meet them. <clears throat> but I didn't see the need for it. You okay. Know, just the prototype. And things were going in the right direction. I was able to find that first prototype. And then, so I had this bike that was a single speed bike. Of course, I wanted, I kind of custom ordered that one too. I wanted matte black rims, matte black frame, everything nice and clean. And then when the uh, the electrical components arrived, that was just a very special day. I sure. just go to the garage and, uh, and I just have to fast forward, I guess. Days of you know running into problems. The spokes didn't match the length of the motor. I, you know, oh, you, wow. spokes that attach the rim to the motor. I just realized, well, I have to recalculate the length. I literally had to like draw these diagrams and figure out this new length. And then I did that. I cut them. It doesn't work. I have to take it to a bike shop. A lot of hustling and hard work. Trial and I, error. It sounds like. Oh yeah, it was difficult, and I took it to a few bike shops, and they they looked at this and they said, "What is this? We don't know how to. We've never had this motor. All these parts that I wanted was really hard to find." But eventually, I think after two three weeks, it's there. The electric components are connected to this battery, and it just that's. And then I fix things and I assemble, and I step back, and I look at it. And I haven't even tried it yet. And I get this feeling that it's that whole package experience. Okay, that's interesting. What, that's awesome. Logo. Pirelli logo on the battery and the frame. That's things kind of glued together. And then at that point, I didn't even care so much about how it would feel and the, the motor noise and the, the power. I just felt like this is it. This is what I want to do. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That was first prototype yeah so were you still working at this point or had you quit your job by then no not by then um all of the story i had been working okay self-funding sure everything, and uh, this was all uh, full-time employment and it was very doable it was challenging obviously but um it didn't it wasn't that demanding uh, sure before running a campaign it was more like you know a hobby Go to the go to parents' garage whenever you have time. I did <laughs> sure. have a schedule, but it wasn't that strict. I mean, it was more of you're you're more in the invention world, more laid back than now, definitely. Sure. Okay. So you you get this thing assembled. You're looking at it. You like what you see. I'm assuming you shortly thereafter took it for a spin. Yes, that's correct. Okay. And I do not remember exactly what, what month it was, but it must have been challenging in Seattle with the rain. I believe it was uh, rainy out there. And I sure. go out and try it, and guess what? It performs a lot better than, already a lot better than uh, the other electric bike kits that I had purchased. Really? Wow, and that's awesome. The simplicity. 
Yeah, and I was very happy, and that's when I thought the simplicity and minimalism is just a great philosophy to have to help you in all kinds of areas in product design, not just aesthetics, but reliability, engineering. Sure. And having a few parts, but good quality parts is really my philosophy. And I was happy that I had an electric bike that worked, and I had so few components that even if one of them failed, I could easily troubleshoot. Right. The motor was small, and it was the right motor. It was compact. It had these gears inside them that make it even lighter and more efficient. And I knew I had a lot of work to do, but it was it was a great feeling. It was a successful first prototype that performed well and looked great. Okay, so you have this first prototype. What made, or like, how did you go about, did you build a second prototype or walk me through kind of the next steps of this? I did. Okay. Um, I. So the first prototype was, um, I believe, uh, during the same time when I started a Facebook page for the company and okay. try to get it out there. Do you still have the first prototype, just out of curiosity? I do, actually. Okay, awesome. That's great. It should be in the museum, hopefully, one that's day. That's right. That's right. That's Okay. So the first prototype was very clean and good looking, but... Um, so that's when there's a lot of work. You have to, uh, I started showing this to a few people, a few friends, and a few bike experts. Obviously, you get mixed uh, interests and feelings sure. and opinions. But um, that's when I sort of, uh, and I even showed it to a few bike shops. Okay. And they really liked the design. But that's when I was entering the business world more, the customer and what the customer wants. And that's when I realized that this, no matter how strict you are with your own opinions you still have to you know pay attention to the market very uh, much that's really good advice <laughs> yeah and i don't know what percentage you know it depends on how much ego you have with your brand and sure it really depends on a lot of things but at, at some point you need to pay attention to that and that's when i understood that there's a lot of practicality into electric bikes too you know it has, obviously it has to be very safe um has to be reliable so and, and on the bike parts, not just electric parts, on the bike parts, they have to perform sure. well. So that's when I started to build a second one that was more practical. Okay. Lighter tires, disc brakes, and, and it was hard. You know, then, then I was getting away from minimalism. So then I was adding these things that customers wanted. You know, and it's being in Seattle with the rain, um, you know, a lot of customers request fenders, you know, or mud guards. Sure. So adding all these would add weight and things like that. So it was always this challenge to create a product that you like and also the customer likes. Um, yeah, uh, and then that's when I entered, that's when I focused on social media as well. We started an Instagram page and um, shifting more towards marketing and obviously continue my conversation and with the suppliers and people on the technical side and um, that's when things um, started to click. Started to, and also with a motivation from my friends and to really get it out there. And that's when we thought about the idea of crowdfunding. Okay, so you you went crowdfunding, and that was to build um, like version 1.0. Yes. Okay. Um, at the time, it was just you know propeller electric bike. Um, um, not a 1.0, 2.0, but um, um, really it was, I should mention, when I was contacted by a very uh, 
large-scale supplier, uh, overseas supplier, who approached us on Twitter, I believe. Okay. And we started having conversations, and they told me that we, they really like my design, and they can, they're confident that they can build it for us. Yo, interesting. And, and I should mention, yeah, my whole um, business plan was to really um, assemble these electric part kits on a bike that was already out there and then distribute it and sell it. Right. And, but things changed when the suppliers stepped in. Oh, and interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. He could build the whole thing for me. And I had these strict requirements, and I was suspicious because it's so hard to communicate. You know, I have these – it's all about the little details. And the only way I could quality control all, all of that was to purchase a bike and then um, install these electric components and distribute them. Sure. I was even thinking about not even rebranding them and saying, you know, a Propella electric components assembled by Propella on this brand, on this XYZ brand. But then when the supplier came in and they, so fast forwarding and they just, we, after months of talk on Skype and discussions and phone calls, uh, requirements, um, then they built me a full sample Okay. that they shipped to Seattle and I saw the i got it out of the box okay and and again another aha moment that's when i had confidence on selling this that's when i had confidence on a safe secure and a good looking good performing bike that i can distribute that's when i had the idea of crowdfunding and i had gained the confidence really before that it was just a garage made prototype that had a lot of work to do but when you're backed with a very successful uh, supplier, you gain a lot of confidence. Sure. That's great. So walk me through the crowdfunding. So you you have this supplier. You know you can get them these bikes done. You decide to go crowdfunding. Um, walk me through kind of that campaign. Sure. Uh, I obviously knew about crowdfunding platforms before. Sure. And... Uh, I thought it was a great fit. I thought it, this is the way to go. And in fact, when I was learning about crowdfunding, I always wished that I had this project that I could throw in crowdfunding. I never did, but I finally there it is. So I had the product, and the crowdfunding campaign is there. So I contact Indiegogo and try to learn more about their service, and I thought it was a great fit. And they've had experience with other similar products before. And the challenge was um, not having a whole lot of marketing behind it. Sure. And that was really the challenging part. But um, I decided to learn more about crowdfunding and uh, really emphasize more on our social media, try to gain more followers and um, engagements. And um, I also decided to bring in another one of my strengths and you know, just in art and design, and, and which was photography. Okay. I was pretty good at photography and had this good knowledge of photography. I had a pretty decent camera and uh, ended up taking pretty decent photos that people really liked on social media and ended up helping us a lot on uh, the campaign. And that also blended in well with the brand, you know, having these high standards on aesthetics and design. Sure. It just helped to have these great photos. And I worked, um, also we had a 
very cool video for a crowdfunding campaign, um, which also helped. You know, I had this idea of having a almost like a music video um, for our crowdfunding campaign. And when I showed the video to a few people, they, they were pretty confident that the campaign was going to do well. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and sort of things, you know, started to click um, more. Things started to get in shape with the whole brand, and that's when I was gaining confidence. It wasn't so much about the success of crowdfunding. I was happy that I was able to create this style with the brand. Sure. For, for example, the website, the fonts, and even when, it, when I was working on the video, when, when you work on early projects with your brand, it helps you learn more self about, help more with a brand identity. Totally. So I had these requirements for the video, and it just made sense. And, and when the media, video was made, a lot of people thought it was really in line with the brand, in line with the style. It was very musical, and a lot of people loved it. That's it awesome. Kind of a unique video, not just a person standing behind video, behind a camera, and explaining what the product is. It's very engaging, colorful, musical, and yeah, matches uh, the brand, right? That like we talked about kind of earlier. I love that. Yeah. So we that's, that's great. Gained more confidence and decided to go full time with crowdfunding. Okay. Once we throw it out, it was around February 20, 2016, last year. Yeah. That uh, we decided to launch, and. We also had a pool of uh, people signing up for the brand, for the product. Sure. So we sent out this email blast, and uh, uh, we got orders the first day. That's awesome. And, and the second or third day, we got featured on GeekWire article, and you know, fifth or sixth day on Treehugger. And it was great to see a boost in our traffic, um, to see comments, to see sales. It was. You know, again, gaining confidence and gaining uh, feedback uh, is is great. And one of the beauties of crowdfunding is it's sort of a market research base. It just answers a lot of questions for you. Totally. Uh, That's I, great. I experience with crowdfunding, I just think it's awesome. It's it's a lot more than just raising capital. Totally. It's a lot more than that. And it did all of that for us. And I'm glad to use a crowdfunding campaign to get the word out there and collect sales obviously sure and and so you're kind of ramping up to do it to do it again and and you're right. making a new new version uh, like a, a 1.5 do I be want to kind of cover um, you know what's different between the first version compared to this new version that you're coming out with absolutely we are definitely working on a new bike. Sure. And we uh, are, you know, have a product stage. We have this timeline at this point. So that we actually put a limit on the first one. Okay. We sort of treated it as a version 1.0. Got you. And wanted to uh, deliver the bikes. And we were very proud to deliver them on time. We promised awesome. early July. And we literally shipped them out at the same time. And... They, customers receive them. We've received great feedback on our bike, which also motivates us a lot to continue. But another great thing about crowdfunding is, is sort of this segmental phase. You know, it's not, you, I guess you could continue selling on crowdfunding, but it's sort of a deadline. You know, it's a segmental. So it's kind of a round one, round two, which worked out perfect for Propella. 
uh, we deliver the bikes, we've collected some feedback, and now decide to come back with a product that's a lot better. Sure. A lot of improvements. Uh, we, we use the analogy of, you know, iPhone 6S versus 6 uh, a lot. Sure. Kind of an update. That's great. Collecting bags helped us a lot to focus on parts. Uh, the major point is a lot of updates in the battery. Okay. Uh, a lot of updates in the bike components. And like I mentioned, it's more of a customer feedback blended in with our opinions to make it a very practical and beautiful and affordable bike sure. that we're really proud to announce. Sure. So what's going to be the cost? The cost will actually be very close to the first one. Okay. We are keeping the cost um, um, very low. We are one of the most affordable electric bikes. And again, due to the simplicity and minimalist side of it, it's we focus on a few good components as opposed to a ton of, you know, <clears throat> components on the bike. So that helps us bring the price down. Also, uh, being consumer direct helps us lower the price. Sure. Uh, we are still working on the final MSRP okay. of the bike, but a crowdfunding phase, there's definitely a, there should be a reward uh, to early backers. And uh, it's very likely that we start around the same price, around $7.99. Okay for early backers great well ben we're kind of coming to the end of the show so maybe let's close the show again with mentioning where people can get more information and sign up for um you know the newsletter so they can you know uh, sign up so when the crowdfunding thing does go live that they can uh you know get notified absolutely our website is propellabikes.com okay um, on the website, we have an email list that is purely used for announcing the launch date of Propella 1.5. Okay. Um, either on the launch date or a before, we will send out an e email to all the signups and uh, to notify them about the early and limited quantity discount, the $7.99. It's sort of a first come, first serve. Sure. And then it will jump into regular price. Uh, so that's where you find the email, propellabikes.com. And you'll also, we can also learn about the first round, Propella 1.0 on Indiegogo or uh, simply through Google or any of our social media sites. You can also reach our social media sites from the website. Sure. There's a link that you can see our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, propellabikes.com. Yeah, and I, I do recommend going to the gallery section and checking out the photos because the bike looks incredible and I, I love the design of it. So. You know, Ben, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you, and, you know, hopefully we can do another one again around the time that uh, the crowdfunding campaign goes live. Absolutely. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be on your show, and appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thanks, Ben. Well, you have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Okay. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. And keep them in the future.